bankruptcy, divorce laws, disability, probate, there are so many classes on the path to practicing law. Unfortunately, most schools fail to instruct you on the business of law. This is Solo De Facto, a show dedicated to discovering the success secrets that exist in the reality of running a solo practice. My goal is to find the one thing that separates each guest from the rest to give you practical solutions to create a thriving firm. Solo De Facto is sponsored by Back Office Betty's, trusted virtual legal receptionist. Welcome, everyone. I'm happy to be here today with another episode of Solo De Facto. Uh, today's guest is an expert in trademarks. He's the author of Building a Bold Brand, founder and managing attorney for Eric M. Pelton and Associates, PLLC. Eric Pelton, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Corey. Awesome. I'm so excited. Um, so let's just get it right into it. What's the one thing that you wish attorneys knew about running a successful law firm? Well, I've been doing this for 21 years now, and it took me many of those years to learn what I think has been the most valuable lesson that I don't have to do everything myself. When I started, I didn't have a lot of money. I didn't have a lot of options. So I, by default, did everything by myself. Uh, and that made it over time hard to let go of things, whether it was accounting or scheduling or answering the phones or whatever it is. And thankfully, as I've grown more successful, that means there's been less time, you know, it's just not practical to do everything myself. But that lesson, I see a lot of other small solo practitioners struggling with some of that as well. Why do you think it is so common for solos to try and do it all on their own? What was your reasoning for, for doing it by yourself? My, uh, like, again, the initial reasoning was I can't afford to pay somebody. And at the time, 20 years ago, there weren't online systems for everything. So it wasn't as easy or uh, as inexpensive as some things are now to hire someone. Uh, but then I think also the personalities of lawyers, the, uh, you know, not all of them, but many of them, the, I, 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 I can do this. I'm up to the challenge and there's nothing that I can't figure out. I, I, you know, succeeded in all these other things. I'm intelligent. There's no reason I can't figure out the uh, bookkeeping or a system to do this or that. And then part of it just becomes once it's in your routine, it's hard to snap out of that routine. You're already, that time's already built into your day, your week, your month, whatever it is. And until you release yourself from it, you don't realize how much it was creeping in and taking up not just time, but energy and stress and all those other things. Oh my gosh. That's a lesson. I think that just about anybody can take and run with. Um, but it's true. You don't recognize just how much time you're wasting on the things that you're not even best, do, best using your time for, you know, and especially those things that you're dabbling and teaching yourself, you're, you're better off just hiring someone who already knows how to do it because that's going to cost less than the amount of time that you spent trying to figure it out. Exactly. Is that number one, there's no way I'm as good of a bookkeeper or accountant as my bookkeeper and account. But even if I were, there's no way that it's the most effective, highest and best use of my time. And yeah. that paying them not only means that they'll do it better, but I'll have more time to do the things that I do better and that I can use to 
help my clients or grow my firm. Absolutely. So what was the piece that really triggered that decision for you where you're like, okay, I'm ready to add to my team or I'm ready to have someone else help me with this. What did it take for you to get to that point? It really took, you know, burning out from just too many hours of everything of, you know, not even where it gets, it got to a point for me, unfortunately, where it was just, I didn't even know where to start. Where could I possibly untangle all these things that I was doing because I was doing it all. And to then after having done it for so long to, in my mind, to have to stop, break off this piece, explain to somebody else how I want it done. Like it seemed like a way bigger mountain than it was. So it was really that, that mountain that I had created both literally and even more so figuratively, that was the challenge, the hurdle to get over, the mountain to climb, to get over. (laughs) Yeah, it really, it's sad that it takes burnout, but I feel like that is a common denominator when people finally decide that they are ready to ask for help. And I wish that it didn't have to be that way because I don't think, I don't think anyone should have to go through burnout. I personally have gone through it um, and it's not fun. So I'm sorry that that's what it took for you, but I'm glad that you were able to get, you know, think, get the ball rolling with, um, fixing that. How did you start finding the help? What was, what was the first place you looked or how did you decide where you were going to even begin? Yeah. The first real help that I took off my plate was a lot of marketing web design. Like my original website, I had done it myself and it was pretty good, but it was clearly limited by my ability to build and maintain a website. And uh, again, I'll never be as much of an expert as somebody who only does that. And so that was the first big thing that I took off my plate was managing that. And that evolved into managing my videos, my podcast, um, and sort of all of my content, my online presence, And that was, you know, that was huge. That was huge because I had been building a lot of time into my schedule every week to work on blog posts, videos, all of these things. And to be able to say, okay, I still need to show up to record the video or the podcast, but that that's it. That's all I need to be there for was a huge freeing. Yeah. Cause there's so much like behind the scenes work that goes into it too, that you're not even thinking about, okay, I'm, I'm going to start a podcast, but now I have to edit the video and I've got to post it on the social media and I need to reach out to people to invite them to be on the show. It's a lot of work. Right. Um, and now, so you doing that, did you feel like by outsourcing some of these things that you were spending so much time on, did that what did it do for you? Did it give you more free time? Did it give you more time to, you know, focus on what you love doing and, and, you know, time to write your book that you wrote? Um, what was it that that did for you specifically? Yeah. It gave me more time for everything, but most importantly, more time to devote to my clients so that there were happier clients, better clients, less, I mean, even though, you know, there were never, um, a lot of serious problems, but when you're handling a large volume, there's always going to be challenge, you know, challenges and to be able to nip more of those in the bud and avoid more of those up front. And so it ultimately 
has allowed me in the last two years to grow the practice to a level and at a pace that I didn't know was possible before then. That's amazing. So by giving up some of these things, did that translate then to now you're, you're making more money too? You're, you were able to grow as far as revenue in ways that you never expected. Yes. yes. We've grown in revenue. We've grown in volume. We've grown in, in staff from growing to like three, a team of three people full-time to a team of five people full-time. Um, and it's funny, I never have put this together until our discussion right now, but in, I, I like, I like to try to do yoga every once in a while. And in yoga, they always talk about like letting go of something, you know, that's a challenge or a stress and that it gives you room for more growth and more success. And, and, and that's a great analogy here. Totally. It's like so many parts of your life that that is applicable to, too. Um, so I think that is enlightening and probably something that a lot of people need to hear because I've, I feel like what I've noticed in what we do is people view the outsourcing as an expense. It's something that's like nice to have, but really it's almost an investment in your ability to grow and make more money when you are able to add these people to help you and focus on what you're really good at. Yeah. Flip it around. What could I do with that time? Could I serve clients better? Could I grow to make more money? Or do I want to do other things with that time? Maybe it's travel, family, what, you know, the other things that have a real value plus the less stress and more peace of mind is worth a lot. Yeah, absolutely. So what do you think if you, if you had to say one thing that you wish you had done differently when you started this journey of, you know, kind of letting go of things and finding people to help you, what, what would you have done differently? I would not have held on as long as I could. I mean, it sort of all comes back to that first point, but even when I knew that it was the right thing to do, even when I was thinking about it and talking to other people about who would be a good fit for some of these services, it was still in the back of my mind was still, yeah, but they'll never, they'll never understand how I want it be, to be done or they'll never do it the way that I do it, you know? And so maybe even though it's taking me more time, you know, in my mind, it's, it's better this way. Um, and, and it was just, so it was really my mindset. That was the number, that was all of the obstacles, <laughs> all of <Yeah>. the obstacles. <laughs> it's funny. Cause sometimes the way that you do it isn't even necessarily the best way either. So having someone else come in and do it a different way might even be beneficial instead of freaking out that, you know, you, you can't keep things the same way that you've always had them. Maybe that's a good thing. <laughs> Right. For some people, you know? Right. And um, yes, of course, it's ironic because as a lawyer, I'm getting other people to trust and pay me as an expert in helping them protect their trademarks and their brand. And I would never recommend that they try to do it on their own, even though it is possible to do it on your own. It's a lot of work and it'll never come out as good as if you hired an expert. So uh, of, cor of course, I should understand that lesson and my, my wife and her family are in the restaurant business and you see this all the time in mom and pop restaurants where, um, you know, they do it all, they do it all and they often succeed, but it comes with a huge, you know, cost of time and stress 
to do it all and and letting go of some of it you know really really is important and valuable yeah you know i actually um when i first started working i spent a lot of time in restaurants as a server and eventually managing but the mom and pop shops the owners were always there you know 70 80 hour weeks working nonstop and then they burn out and they're like i don't i can't do it anymore and i feel like that's applicable to so many other businesses i've seen that firsthand with you know that restaurant that i worked at but then also with attorneys they like what you went through you right. you hit the bottom and you realize i need help um so i kind of want to go more into what is it that you do with, um, you know, your, your book, building a bold brand. Can you take us around what that talks about and how you got to the point of, you know, writing your book, what inspired that and how do you help people with that? Yeah, of course. I, I have a copy right here to show off. Oh, and um, it's cute. I love it. Oh, yeah. See, as see, because I work with people on their branding and protecting their brands, I, Think it's very important to practice what I preach. So yeah. I am very cognizant, like this sunflower I use very frequently in all of our branding website, often wearing a pin, uh, like a lapel pin that's a sunflower and tying that branding all together, the background behind me. Yeah. Um, so really fast. What does the sunflower mean for you? So it all ties together with a tagline of making trademarks bloom since 1999 and helping brands protect and grow. So it all ties together with the um, flower theme. I love that. Thanks. Um, yeah. So I decided to write a book after many years of thinking about it and many years of writing blog posts and articles. And I, you know, I just knew that in terms of taking my thought leadership and credibility to the next level, that a book was a really valuable tool. And so I thought it would be easier than it was. And this is a good lesson actually for what we're talking about as well. I thought, oh, I'll just go, all I have to do is find, you know, 30 great blog posts that I've written and kind of, you know, weave them together and it'll be a book. And then when I started doing that, I realized these blog posts were good at the time for what they're doing, but they're not good enough for the book and it doesn't all come together in the right way. And so I had to start much, much closer from scratch than I had anticipated. But the best decision I made on that was hiring a copywriter slash editor friend of mine as not only helped me edit along the way, but became an accountability partner because we would schedule coffee meetings to sit and go over the next chapter of the book. And so it forced me to stay on track on schedule and get it done and delivered. Yeah. That accountability level, but then also the expertise of being able to go through and, and double check everything. That's awesome. So what's the most exciting thing coming up in the future for your business? We are continuing to grow in that we, I just hired two uh, associates this August, and that's really the sort of culmination of me helping to unload all of these different balls that I was juggling in the air. And so now it's allowing me more time to serve clients to do the work that I enjoy doing, and also think about how do we build and grow 
the firm going forward and what kind of marketing. So I've been working on, for example, turning the book into an audio and video versions of the book, um, working on new additions to the website and uh, doing more and more teaching, creating videos for other lawyers, webinars and, and teachings um, that have been really well received and uh, successful as well. That's amazing. Congratulations on your growth. Are you using any cool technology that you'd like to share? Well, because we've been around for a while, again, going back to 1999, when I first started doing a large volume of trademark filings, there weren't a lot of docketing options available that focused on trademarks. And so actually had the lucky foresight at the time, 10 plus years ago, to build our own system, to work with a software designer who I still work with to this day. We have a one of a kind, unique platform. Um, And for many years, it served us great, helping to manage our contacts, manage our records, our our dockets, our um, status, all of those things. But now that I've had more time and our caseload has continued to grow, we've Re, we've sort of doubled down on investing in this system and making it even better, even faster, even more effective, having more tools. Uh, so that's been tremendous. Of course, we use lots of other technology, like the one, my big technology investment during, um, during quarantine last year was building a little podcast video studio in my office with a, you know, with a professional microphone, with a professional camera, with an iMac, I'm not a Mac person in general, but I bought an iMac because the best for the quality of the video and the processing and everything with um, professional lighting and all of that. So that's been a great investment. Now I crank out videos, again, reducing the labor intensity. All I have to do is turn things on and record and I can have videos. That's amazing. And When you say that all of this ties back into your brand, what advice do you give to other attorneys when they are struggling to figure out how to spend more time working on their brand? What is the first thing that once they have that time and they've outsourced some things they should focus on? Yeah. Well, in terms of creating, there's creating their brand and then protecting their brand. So Protecting their brand is the easy part. You want to make sure you're using copyright notice and work with somebody to file to protect your trademarks if you have a creative name for your firm, for your podcast, for your blog, for your app, whatever it is, for your newsletter, whatever it is, if you're coming up with creative names, and hopefully you are so that they stand out, um, you want to protect them. In terms of building that portfolio of a brand that stands out from your competition, The number one tip I think is to show yourself, to share about you and not just make it about your work and a law firm and legal and all buttoned up and and tight and conservative. And of course, this is a big change from many decades of history of law firms where everybody by default, maybe, I don't know why, thought, okay, we have to be stuffy, boring, conservative. We don't want to offend anybody. So then they'll give us their money and they'll trust us. And that doesn't work anymore. And the way to differentiate yourself is to be true to yourself and let that come through. Um, 
And I think that that's the way the other attorneys that I see who are doing a great job on branding are doing that. Whether it's they love running marathons or they love going to visit um, their place out in the country or they traveling internationally, whatever that is, let that shine through, let that show up in your work, a little bit of personality. And um, you can really help build your brand around that. I think that's such great advice because I've, I've talked to so many people recently that have similar thoughts along this where, you know, the legal industry is changing. It doesn't have to be stuffy and boring and the way that, you know, you expected it to be when you got out of law school and the, the fun and the authenticity and the, um, you know, the unique models and the, there's so much that's happening right now with people branching out and really finding themselves as something separate than an attorney and then marrying them. I think that's amazing for the industry. And I can't wait to see more people take that on. Like that trend is exciting to me. Agreed. Um, so now I need to ask, I want to kind of go backwards a little bit. Can you tell me, you know, tell me your life story. How did you get into this space? How did you decide, you know, to, to stick with trademarking and branding? how did you decide to be an attorney? You know, whatever it is, tell me, tell me how you got here. I got here through a series of missteps and, uh, <laughs> knowing what I didn't want to do that led me eventually to the right path. Um, so I wasn't a great student in college and towards the end realized, oh, this like education and learning though can be interesting when it, you have the right professors and you're interested in the subject matter. And I, 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 I finally was mature enough to start realizing that. And so I wanted to go to law school for the education, not necessarily to become a lawyer. And then in law school, I did a million different internships, part-time jobs, clerkships, clinic, you name it, to expose myself to all the different types of opportunities. And some of which were not legal-based, like working on software and websites and things like that. And that was great. Um, because I learned all the things that I didn't want to do. I didn't necessarily at that time fall in love with anything that I did want to do, but I knew like I didn't want to do family law. I didn't want to work at a big law from downtown. I, you know, uh, I didn't want to work for a big corporate, like all of those things. And I still hadn't yet found my place though for where I knew I did want to land. And I was fortunate, I was interested in intellectual property because it tied into technology. And someone told me after, shortly after graduating law school that the US Patent and Trademark Office was hiring trademark examiners and that I should consider applying. And I applied and I got the job and it was a great environment, great place to, to learn, great mentors, great training. I then discovered that working for the federal government was also not my calling. Um, and I loved my time while I was there, but I couldn't see myself there in five years or 10 years down the road. And 
So I, I, it all sort of came together. I think I realized that I had this entrepreneurial bug and I said, I said, you know, why does somebody, a small business, that mom and pop restaurant, like why, if they need a trademark are their only options to do it themselves, this was probably when LegalZoom was right around, maybe just before LegalZoom had started, but like, or hire somebody that's really not doing a great job, in my opinion, they're just filling out the forms, or pay a big law firm thousands of dollars to do it that they cannot afford to do, so that's not an option. So then the options are basically do it yourself or don't do it. And so I said, what if using technology, leveraging technology, the internet for marketing, the tools for making it more efficient, you know, and flat fees. What if we did this? So it was predictable for the small businesses and it was relatively inexpensive and, um, through ups and downs, generally it's worked out, uh, really well. That's awesome. I think the most valuable experiences are the ones where you're like, I never want to do that again. Right. <laughs> That's how I feel about the hospitality industry. I'm very happy to now be in marketing. Um, if you could go back in time when you first started your firm, what advice would you give yourself? Well, sticking with our theme today, it would definitely be to like, don't do it all yourself. Like you think that you can't afford it, but that's just because you're just looking at like the one top line number. You're not looking at, all the other benefits that would that you would have if you were paying somebody who was an expert and it would take them a lot less time and to do it a lot better to do X, Y, or Z, build your website, handle your accounting or bookkeeping, and that and that all that extra time would lead to more revenue that would well eclipse what you were spending on getting the help. Do you ever just want to like reach back in time and smack yourself like hello? All, all, all the time. All the time. <laughs> That's funny. Well, um, this has been a really great conversation. I've loved talking to you. Where can um, everyone listening find you? Yeah. So it's Eric Pelton, E-R-I-K-P-E-L-T-O-N. You can go to ericpelton.com or ericpelton.tv. We'll take you to the videos that I was telling you about. It'll take you directly to the YouTube channel. Um, you can find the book if you're interested in learning more about choosing creative names, protecting brands, buildingaboldbrand.com, or you can find Building a Bold Brand on Amazon. The Kindle version is like $3. I think the lowest price they'll allow you to set it. Um, again, I'm because I'm not looking, I'm not generating tons of revenue off the book sales. I'm trying to get the message out there and help people. Uh, yeah, so I'm easy to find. <laughs> awesome. I'm going to go buy the book right after this, honestly. Um, so thank you so much, Eric. Um, and thank you everyone who's been listening. If you learned anything or enjoyed this podcast, please share it with someone else who might get some value from it. And that is it. Another great episode of solo de facto. We'll catch y'all next time. Thank you for joining us for today's show. For more information, visit our site at solodefacto.com. And remember, smash that like and subscribe button on your favorite podcast app. Solo De Facto is sponsored by Back Office Betty's, trusted virtual legal receptionist, helping you grow your firm one call, one chat, one new client at a time. To discover how they can help you grow your firm, head on over to backofficebetty's.com and mention the Solo De Facto show for an exclusive listener offer.